Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
clap your hands with us. We say happy resurrection Sunday morning to you. We serve the resurrected Savior and his name is Jesus. And our faith causes us to believe that he lives, that he is not dead. The Savior is alive. Come on, come on, Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. Come on, conquer death. Let's celebrate. For Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. And he's conquered death. death, hell, and the grave. We're celebrating. Christ has risen. Come on, everybody. He's alive. Come on, we say Jesus. Come on, my Savior. Come on, Jesus, he's alive. We say he's alive. Come on, Jesus. Come on, the Savior. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Come on, wherever you are, come on, let's celebrate together. Come on. That our God is not dead. He is yet alive. Come on, let's say it again, everybody. Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. Come on, conquer death. death hell and the grave. Celebrate. Celebrate the For Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. And he's conquered death. death hell and the grave. Celebrate. Celebrate Come on, Christ. Christ has risen from the grave. The grave. Come on, Jesus. Come on, my Savior. Come on, Jesus. Yes, he is. He's alive. Come on, Jesus. My Savior. We say Jesus is. Salem Mass Choir to join in with us on this one. Come on, you gotta sing it from home. Come on, Salem dancers and get in on this. Come on. He rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. With all power in his hand. With all power hands, in his hands. hands. He rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. With all power in his hands. With all power Ooh, in his hands. Oh, he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. With all power in his hands. With all power in his hands. Oh, no, no, he rose from the grave. With all power
Happy Resurrection Sunday to the Salem Church and all who have joined us in this virtual worship experience. So what a blessing it is for us to experience this wonderful high and holy day of resurrection in the year of 2020. And we welcome you into the sanctuary of the Salem Church here at 3131 Lake Street in the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska. It is a blessed occasion to be able to celebrate this day, what the Lord has done through our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And so even where you are right now, we celebrate with you on this, this blessed Resurrection Sunday. We welcome you to worship with Salem on today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful that we are able to have the privilege to celebrate this Resurrection Sunday in 2020 for what you've done for us through Jesus Christ. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us all. And we thank you this day for the power of his resurrection. And so even now we invoke and invite your presence in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and in the homes of all of those who gather with us in worship on today. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus, is our prayer. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come again and lead us in praise and worship.
We've come to the moment in our worship experience where we collectively go to the Lord in prayer. We first of all again want to lift those who are giving leadership to our country at the national, state, and local level, to our military personnel all across the world that serves and protects us, to those who are on the front lines of fighting this pandemic, who are sacrificing in such a significant way so that we might continue to be healthy and to be able to function as a nation and as a world. We certainly want to remember those who are part of our church family locally, to those who are seeking our prayers, Sister Victoria Franklin, Sister Karen Jackson, Sister Brenda Lewis, Sister Cheryl Thornton, Brother Freddie Brown, Brother Neil Devers, Trustee William Johnson, Brother Mickey Lutu, Brother Alton Rollison, Brother Brian Surratt, Deacon Verdell Temple, Bishop Rob, Robert Tyler. As well, those who are seeking our prayer in a time of bereavement, Brother Jeffrey, Jerry Duke, and Terry Riggs, and the loss of their cousin, Patty Morell Cooper, Brother Ezel, and Sister Katie Henderson, and Sister Barbara Nance, and the loss his brother and her uncle, Oscar Henderson, Brother Terrell Steen and Sister Nikki Steen and the loss of their grandmother, Mary O'Neill Steen, Sister Leslie Rodriguez and the loss of her uncle, Moses Wilson, and Sister Alicia Saunders and the loss of her brother, Frank Preston. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in ages past. And God, for that reason, we are able to come to you now in the name of Jesus. We know that you hear and heed our every prayer. And so we thank you for the privilege of being able to come to you, both individually and collectively. We thank you that through Jesus you have broken down the middle wall of partition so that we can come directly to you, boldly to you. And so now we come to you again lifting up the leadership of this nation, our state, our county, and our city. God, we know that they are leading in unprecedented times. So once again, we lift them to you, asking God that you would lead, guide, and direct them. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would direct their paths, that you would be a light to their path and a lamp to their feet. We pray as well, God, for the nurses and doctors, healthcare professionals, health administrators who are serving God under adverse conditions. Pray that you would strengthen them 
that you would sustain them, that you'd put your loving arms of protection around them. God, that give them everything they need to serve your people in these severe times in which we live. God, to those families that have been affected directly, those who have, have the virus and those who have lost loved ones as a result, we pray, God, that you would give them comfort, that you would give them a peace that passes all understanding. For our church family, God, those who seek and have sought out the prayers of the saints of God, we don't know every detail, but one thing we do know is that you are well aware of every situation. So we pray that you would stop in every home, that you would visit every hospital room, that you would make yourself present and known in every nursing home so that each and every one of them would be reminded that you'll never leave them and that you'll never forsake them, that you walk with them, that you talk with them, that you're with them not only when the sun is shining but when the clouds hang low pray that you would put your arms of protection around them, that you would dispel a spirit of loneliness and allow them to know that they are loved and cared for. And certainly to those who are grieving and who are in moments of bereavement, your word declares that your spirit would be a comforter so we pray that you would walk with them. We pray that you would be there with them every step of their journey. That you would be for them everything that they need. And for each and every one of us, God, please give us the hope and assurance of the resurrection that declares that trouble don't last always. That there is a day that will arise that we can know that things have passed and we can rejoice in your power and in your presence we ask these prayers now in the name of our resurrected and living savior and the people of god all across this city state and country said together amen and amen Again, we welcome you into the sanctuary of the Salem Church for this Resurrection Sunday worship experience. And we want to invite you to continue to support the ongoing and operational ministries of the Salem Baptist Church. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your prayerful and financial support. We thank you most importantly that you realize that your stewardship is not based on your presence in the sanctuary, but it is based on your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and a sense of gratitude of what he's done for each and every one of us. We invite you to continue your stewardship, your faithfulness through your giving. 
Uh, you're able to mail your tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings here to the Salem Baptist Church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. As well, you're able to come Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And to drop off your tithes and offerings, there is a secure uh, tithe box as you enter into the church and the administrative wing. And so we invite you to drop uh, those off as well. You can give through our website, SalemBC.org. You're able to continue your stewardship through PayPal, through the Givelify app on your phone, and through Venmo. We want to make sure that we give you every opportunity through every platform to continue your faithful giving and your support of the Salem Baptist Church. Again, we thank you in advance for your continued faithfulness and your continued stewardship because we know and we believe that the Lord loves a cheerful giver and it is better to be able to give than to have to receive. We thank you for your faithfulness. We move forward now in our resurrection worship experience.
We lift our hearts to you. For your amazing and your true. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, we worship you today, yes we worship you today, Hosanna, Hosanna, we worship you today. Yes, we worship you today, Hosanna. To the everlasting Lord, we're grateful for who you are. For you are mighty to save And your name alone Is worthy to be praised Blessed are For you are the one who frees us. So we sing Hosanna. Hosanna. everlasting God the one that we call Jesus we're grateful that he came that he lived that he died and that he rose for the purpose of saving us and bringing us back into a right relationship with our Savior our God and so this morning we acknowledge that we are perfect people but we serve a perfect God and it's because of the blood of Jesus and the power of his resurrection that we can stand here today and profess the name of the Lord this morning 
Come on, so wherever you are, lift your voices like the trumpet that you are, everybody. to the gospel as recorded by Luke, Luke chapter 24. We're going to read a portion of the scripture. We're going to use much of Luke 24, 13 through 33 on today, but we'll just read the first few of those first verses. Again, Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. The word of God reads, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. We want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, an encounter on the road to Emmaus. An encounter on the road to Emmaus. 
The opening portion of this section of scripture gives us an indication that this encounter on the Emmaus Road occurred on the same day Jesus was raised from the dead. On that same day of his resurrection, it is because it opens up by saying, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. These two men, as we will see later, were two disciples of Jesus. And as many biblical texts, you cannot truly approach them without the events of the preceding sections of Scripture. Particularly because the events of the preceding sections of Scripture are events that forever turn the world upside down and forever change the course of history and the lives of Christians over the last 2,000 years. We must retreat in our minds to Luke chapter 23. It was there that the leaders of the Sanhedrin council, scribes and the Pharisees, present Jesus to Pilate, falsely accusing him of perverting the nation and refusing to pay taxes to Caesar. They add on their accusation, onto those accusations, one that was true, and that was that he was Christ, a king. We are confronted with the words of Pilate that have rang piercingly throughout the ages. I find no fault in this man. Pilate, having found no fault in Jesus, wished to punish him and release him. And there was a common custom around the Passover, as the Passover approached, to release a prisoner at the request of the people. Pilate offered this opportunity for the people to release Jesus, and instead they preferred to release a man by the name of Barabbas who'd been thrown in prison as a result of rebellion and murder. And when Pilate sought input into what they should do with this innocent man, Jesus, they cried aloud, crucify him, crucify him. And understand, as he was on his way to Calvary, because Jesus had been wounded and weary, Simon of Cyrene was commanded to carry the cross of Jesus to the place of crucifixion, which was a place called Calvary. Now take into the account of uh, this moment the humility that Jesus endured for each and every one of us. Because the Bible reminds us the pure, perfect, holy, and sinless Son of God was crucified in our stead. Now further, he was crucified between two criminals. And yet in the midst of the agony, pain, and anguish he experienced, Jesus marshaled enough strength to declare, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And there Jesus suffered on the cross. And above him was an inscription in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew that read, This is the King of the Jews. To add insult to injury, one of the criminals blasphemed Jesus, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. The other criminal, clearly aware of the innocence of Jesus and believing that Jesus was the Son of God, in faith he says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus assures that dying criminal, today you will be with me in paradise. While Jesus is hanging on that cruel and criminal cross, even nature responded. 
The Bible says there was darkness over all the earth and the sun was darkened. Finally, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The Bible says he breathed his last breath. After witnessing the agony Jesus experienced, a man named Joseph from the city of Arimathea, who himself was a part of the Sanhedrin council, asked Pilate for the privilege of possessing the body of Jesus. Pilate consented, and Joseph laid the body of Jesus in a tomb hewn out of rock where no one had been laid before. And that is what we call, in hindsight, Good Friday. And there is only silence on Holy Saturday. But the beginning of Luke chapter 24 brings us the good news of why we have this high and holy day of resurrection on today. The beginning of Luke chapter 24 reveals to us why we celebrate today as a day without equal or equivalent. Because it unveils what Jesus had already foretold and foreseen. On that Sunday, early in the morning, a group of women went to the tomb where Jesus had been buried on Friday. And as they approached, they noticed a shocking scene. The stone had been rolled away from the opening of the tomb. They looked in the tomb only to find that the Lord Jesus was not there. Then two men stood by these women in shining garments and said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. These two men go further and declare, Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. The women who had come to anoint the body of a deceased Jesus were the first to be greeted with the wonderful news of his resurrection. They then hastily make their way to the 11 disciples and the rest who were with them and told them what they had seen and what they had heard. And this brings me to the first words of the section of scripture I read earlier beginning at Luke chapter 24 verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. These two men were certainly a part of the others that were with the 11 disciples who had first heard, or heard firsthand the story of the women who had been to the empty tomb. We observe here on the same day Jesus had been resurrected, their encounter with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And first we observe that these two men had already met Jesus. Now the interaction that plays out in this text on today will indicate that these two men were familiar with Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. They had spent time with Jesus and his disciples. They had met them, him for themselves and had observed his ministry and to a great degree had placed their hope in Jesus. Listen to the text again. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? 
Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying what they had also seen, a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. It's clearly indicated these two men had encountered Jesus and they met him on the road to Emmaus. You see, they knew his, his history and lineage because they called him Jesus of Nazareth. They knew his miracle working power because they said he was a prophet mighty indeed. They knew the authority of his teaching and preaching because they said he was mighty indeed and word. They knew enough to believe that he would redeem Israel. And all of this they designate as Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible lets us know that they had met Jesus. They had already met him for themselves. And I know some of you who are watching and listening through cyberspace, even in spite of the current crisis and challenge, you've already met him. You already know him. You already know who he, who he is. You already have experienced his grace, already experienced his mercy, already experienced his divine love, already been rescued, already been set free, already experienced his healing power, already experienced his strength, already learned to lean on him. And it's because you've already met him, you know him. And yet there are those who are listening You've not met him. You've not given your life to him. You've not experienced the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to say this is a mighty good day to meet him for yourself. It's Resurrection Sunday, and oh, what a blessing it would be to have Resurrection Sunday as your spiritual birthday. Oh, yes, you ought to meet him, and I don't care where you are today. You can meet him for yourself. Whether you're at home, on your job, in your car, you need to meet him for yourself. I want to remind you that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is not just a fact of his history. It's a display of his love and mercy towards you. And you don't have to be in the pew of a sanctuary in a church to meet him. You can meet him where you are right now. No matter what you've been through, you can meet him for yourself. Oh, yes. These disciples had already met Jesus, but to understand today, they had almost, they almost missed Jesus. Now notice these two men who encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus are talking to Jesus, talking about Jesus, and did not rec recognize that he was Jesus. The Bible says in verse 16 that their eyes were restrained. Now understand that this was an indication that they did not initially recognize Jesus because he had willed it to be so. But I do believe there are implications that can be drawn from these men being in the midst of Jesus 
and yet also missing who he really was. And the first implication is that they almost missed Jesus because they failed to remember scripture. These men shared with Jesus all they believed about Jesus. Listen, that he was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all men, uh, that the religious rulers condemned him to death and crucified him, that they hoped he was going to redeem Israel, that this was the third day, and there were those who had witnessed an empty tomb where his body was, and it was as if Jesus said, that's enough. You failed to remember Scripture. Listen to the text in verses 25 through 27. It says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He had to remind them what scripture had said about him and how he had fulfilled those prophecies. Understand, they had failed to remember scripture. They had failed to remember all of the prophecies about Jesus, that he would be a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would be born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, that he would come from the line of Judah, that he would be called Emmanuel, that he would spend a season in Egypt, that he would be rejected by his people, that he would be called a Nazarene, a priest, after the order of Melchizedek, the Messiah would be betrayed, crucified with criminals, would be pierced in the side, that he would be sacrifice for sin and the Messiah would be rejected. Jesus was saying to these two men, you saw all of that, you witnessed all of that and you still can't see who I am. Listen, they failed to remember scripture but the second implication is that they almost missed Jesus because they focused on their surrounding situation and were in a fog of sorrow. Early in the text, Cleopen to Jesus says in so many words, are, are you the only person in Jerusalem that's unaware of what's going on around here? Can you not feel the weight of the past three days' events in the atmosphere? Our hopes and dreams have been dashed. The disappointment of what we believe would come to pass in Jesus is palpable and profound. These two men communicate to Jesus the torture that Jesus had endured, had taken a toll on them and the other disciples. It's the third day, they say, and they feel that all is lost. Now, the application of this cannot be lost on us today. With all that's going on around us, with this global pandemic, with the situations that surround us and the fog of sorrow and uncertainty that many of us face. I want to say to you on this Resurrection Sunday, don't miss Jesus right there in front of you because of what's going on around you. Listen, because of the sorrow and the situation these men were facing, they almost missed Jesus. And I want to tell you today, no matter what's going on around you, the uncertainty and unprecedented manner of what we experience, don't allow the sorrow and the situation around us to cause us to miss Jesus, and he's right there in front of us. 
Oh yes, I want to let you know with all of the uncertainty, I want to remind you of what the songwriter says. He says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. And family of God, whether you're on your couch or in your living room or in your den, I'm telling you today, don't be like these two disciples. Don't, don't miss Jesus because of the sorrow and situation that's surrounding you. You need to put your eyes on Jesus. No matter what's going on around you, no matter how shaky and uncertain it is, I want you to know we serve a certain God. And the word of God reminds us that no matter what the situation, the Lord is with us and we cannot focus on our surrounding situation and we cannot be thrust into a fog of sorrow. The word reminds us that he's with us. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear uh, nor be dismayed. Isaiah 4 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Psalm 46 verse 11 says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Listen, we have the blessed hope of the resurrection we should not fear and we cannot miss Jesus because he's right there with us so the Bible says they'd already met Jesus the Bible says they almost missed Jesus but the Bible says that they magnified Jesus listen I'm so glad the Lord didn't give up on these men and I'm glad he doesn't give up on us because after Jesus had explained and expounded that he was the fulfillment of prophecy and scripture they had come close to Emmaus they had come close to their destination and now they extend an invitation to Jesus listen to the text beginning at verse 28 it says then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated the, that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. The Bible says then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight and they said to one another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us finally family of God the light the lights came on finally their eyes were open. And finally, they could see who Jesus really was. And notice, family of God, they didn't keep this good news to themselves. 
Listen, they didn't keep the good news about their encounter on the Emmaus Road to themselves. Listen, they didn't just stay in the house where they had been with Jesus. Listen, they had to magnify him. They had to tell somebody about what they had experienced on the Emmaus Road with Jesus. Oh, family of God, they had been blind to him because of what was going on around them. Oh, but the Bible says their eyes were finally open. And the good news is they just couldn't keep it to themselves. Oh, the Bible says they had to tell somebody. Look at verses 33 through 35. It says they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, uh, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. The Bible says that after their eyes were open, they magnified the Lord. They, they had to tell somebody about what they had experienced. They had to tell somebody about their encounter with Jesus. Uh-huh, and family of God, if you're sitting on your couch, if you're sitting in your den, if you're sitting at your kitchen table, uh-huh, I want to tell you today, if you've had an encounter with Jesus, uh-huh, you need to tell somebody that you met him for yourself. Do I have a witness today out there in on Facebook Live? Do I have a witness.org that when you have an encounter with Jesus, uh-huh, you need to tell somebody that you met the Lord for yourself. Do I have a witness today? Uh-huh, and when you meet him for yourself, yes, Lord, you can't keep it to yourself. Do I have a witness today? Yes, Lord, you need to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. Do I have a witness today? You need to tell somebody that he picked you up and turned you all around, that he set your feet up on solid ground. Do I have a witness today? You need to tell somebody that he healed your body. You need to tell somebody that he set you free. You need to tell somebody that he put you on the right road. Do I have a witness? You need to tell somebody that he changed your destination from hell to heaven. 
Do I have a witness? Yes, Lord. You need in your own home right now, need to lift them, tell the world, I will tell somebody that I encountered the Lord for myself. I'll magnify him. I'll bless him. I'll worship him. I'll thank him for all that he has done. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The umber will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Is there anybody here? And is there anybody here in the virtual Salem church who will tell the Lord thank you that I met you on my own Emmaus Road. Is there anybody, yes, Lord, who's listening right now who will tell him thank you? Who will tell him thank you? Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we thank God for this encounter on the road to Emmaus. Thank you for this encounter on this Resurrection Sunday, for this encounter on the road to Emmaus. Well, you may be listening today, you may be viewing on today, and you've not had that encounter until this very moment with Jesus Christ. We want to invite you where you are, as I said earlier, no matter where you are, This is a wonderful opportunity and what a wonderful day it would be on this Resurrection Sunday for you to have your own encounter with Jesus Christ, to accept him as Lord and as Savior. The Bible reminds us, and as we indicated earlier, if you don't know him, you can make your own confession of faith on today. You don't have to be in the sanctuary Wherever you are right now, the Bible reminds us, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on Calvary's cross for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, the very thing we celebrate today, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, you shall be saved. It's not because you could merit it or earn it, can't purchase it, you can't work for it. It is the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. And so wherever you are, you can accept him and receive him into your heart. 
and be saved on this day. If you've made that confession of faith, I want to tell you that you're saved and we invite you to call Salem Church this coming week and let us know that you've trusted him as Lord and Savior. Or if you're saved today, but for whatever reason you're out of fellowship with the local church, this is your opportunity to join and be a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Baptist Church. We invite you to be a part of this church family and to make this your church home. If you've decided to do so, please call our church during the week and let us know because there's two things we know about everyone. Each and every one of you who are watching from afar. One, you need to be saved. And two, you need a church home and a church family. And so we invite you today, even now, to accept that invitation to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior and to be a part of our church home and our church family here at the Salem Baptist Church. We pray that you have accepted that invitation and we hope and pray that as we come back in a few weeks as the church gathered that we'll see you here to worship with us here at the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska. We thank each and every one of you for joining with us in worship. Viewing your worship from your homes, your jobs, wherever you might be. And joining us in the sanctuary of the Salem Church, 3131 Lake Street, here in the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska. We thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week at this same time, 10 a.m., as we lead you in worship. And as we worship as the church scattered all across this city, across this state, across this nation, and all across the world. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. And happy Resurrection Sunday. Let's bow our heads for the benediction. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory dominion and power both now and forever and the people of God all across the world said together amen amen and amen God bless you and we'll see you again next week at 10 a.m.